welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. This is the final week of, of September, and here we are um, wrapping up this month where it's been a journey. We have journeyed this month with a theme or a topic of the awakened heart loving out loud. And what is that? What does that awakened heart look like? And what loving out loud or an awakened heart looks like in its living out loud is loving out loud, which is another word for compassion. You know, living out loud is our theme for the year. And so each month we've been exploring a different area necessary to support us and and showing up and living our authentic life. Letting our essential self be seen and to be known and to, to be heard. While at the same time holding others with compassion and care and kindness, staying in our own lane and allowing others to um, be who they are as we be who we are here to be. And so compassion, the definition I've been using throughout this month, and this will be the last time, well, at least for well, today, you'll hear this. <laughs> but compassion, as we've been defining it, is the heartbeat of our shared humanity that moves us to see, feel, and respond to the suffering of others and ourselves with fierce care. You know, it's been a gift this month to remember, to remember this, this idea of compassion and to remember, and remember, make, to make a member again, to make part of myself again in knowing that I not only can, but I have the intrinsic, inherent quality of compassion that lives in me by, by virtue of me being a human being. Compassion exists within me. And it's not dependent, that compassion is not dependent on how I feel as love. There's a subtle difference between, and we've been using the words interchangeably, love and compassion. But you know, love as an emotion, and we can define love as, a, as you know, its definition and expand it to, to mean the same as compassion. But, but love as an emotion, we know that that, that, that feeling can be, well, it is, influenced or impacted by those that we're in relationship with, right? I mean, sometimes we may not feel so loving <laughs> towards those that we say we love. Am I alone? Well, okay, well, I'll speak my truth. I'm letting you know I don't always feel loving towards those that I love. But compassion as love in action, as a principle, it embraces the, the, the worthiness and value of every living being. It starts there. 
and it is not dependent on how I feel about or towards someone else. It is a practice. It is on purpose. And so this month we've been exploring that and what a gift it's been. You know, finding even the courage to act from that principle because it's not always easy. It's not always easy to, to be loving, to love out loud. There can be fear that can stop us. You know, last week we talked about that. We dug deep into the courage to love out loud. That we've received messages and, and, and that have been told to us about reasons why not. Reasons why to stay in our own lane, keep our head down, mind your own business. <laughs> when maybe our heart is, is, is aching and longing to be of service and to, to make a difference in the world. We talk about even the courage to, to, to be compassionate with ourselves enough that when we discover that, that someone is outside of our heart, to, to have compassion for ourselves, enough compassion for ourselves to go and to build bridges again to build bridges with those that are where there may have been a rupture or in our relationship. Having compassion, to, to go speak heart to heart and to listen. An awakened heart knows. An awakened heart knows that darkness cannot drive out darkness, that only light can do that. And so today as we wrap up our discussion, and it's not the end of it, but we're just wrapping up this folk emphasis on it here for this month. We're living in a world where we don't have to look very far to find suffering, find, to find people who, who are hurting. And the question that's in front of us is how do we keep our hearts open? How do we meet pain with empathy? How do we meet darkness with our light? In our teaching of science of mind, we, we hold the, the, the principle that we know that it is all good, that it is all God. And yet the paradox is that even in, this, in the spiritual truth, that there is, Ernest Holmes says that we should know, that we should know perfect God, perfect humanity, perfect experience. This is what we train our minds to know, to align, to align to, and at the same time while we're knowing that, we're not blind, we're not deaf. We can hear those around us. We don't have to go around the world to Ukraine to see suffering as, as people are suffering in many different places and, and many different ways. But so how do we, as those who are here to, to live out loud, to love out loud, how, how can we do that when in the face of suffering, it can cause us to want to shrink back and pull back? You know, imagine yourself standing in a dark room and you have a match, a matchstick. 
And with that single match, you can spark a flame that can light a candle, that can light up the whole room. Our light, our individual light can make a difference in the world. And so this message today of of loving out loud, of being the awakened heart in a world of where people are suffering and hurting is our, it's us bringing our light, our light to the world, to a dark room. You and I were made for these times. You and I were made for these times, exactly what's going on in the world right now. And if, if, we're, if we aren't, if it's not us, well then who? What are we doing here? Why did life bring us into this time and space except if to be the channel of love? to be the place where love and life is showing up. I mean, if it's not us, then who? I mean, somebody needs to do something, right? Isn't that what, well, at least that's what I say. Why doesn't somebody do something about this? But if it's not me, then who? And if not now, when? It's up to us to be the light bearers. It's up to us to be the change. It's up to us to act and live with courageous compassion. You know, it's been attributed to Albert Einstein as having said this, that a human being is part of the whole called by us universe. Universe, one, one, universe. And a human being is part of that whole, a part limited in time and space. We experience ourselves, our thoughts, and our feelings as something separated from the rest. And he says, this delusion, what delusion? The delusion that we're separated, that we're disconnected, that I'm not my brother's keeper. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion. That is our work. That is our work. This is how we make the world a better place is by expanding and drawing a larger circle of compassion. You know, look around you. And I want you to notice, just look around. You know, don't stare anybody down. Like just, <laughs> just notice, notice. And, 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 you know, and, and you may be new here, and so maybe some of these people may be strangers. But what do you see here? There, there's friendly faces here. Can we all accept that there's, yes, we are among friends. For many of us, We would identify some of the faces that we see in this room as part of our family of choice. But know this, and we all do, that suffering is something, is an experience that we all share in common, we have in common. We all share it. Not one of us is immune, but it's the awakened heart. It's the heart that's awakened that stays open to this truth. That stays 
that stays and lives in that paradox of it is all God, it is all good, and at the same time, there are circumstances and conditions of suffering. And so how can I be, how can I open my heart enough to embrace all of that and be the place for spirit to show up in the world? It's with empathy that we can dissolve the barriers that stand between us. It's with empathy that we can recognize our oneness and our interconnectedness. Oneness is our primary spiritual principle that we teach. And and through empathy and compassion and empathy, opening ourselves up to be consciously aware of the feeling that we have within us, sensitive to the experience of others, we can wake up from the delusion of separation. In oneness, injustice done to one is injustice to all. An injury to one in oneness is an injury to all. A hurt, a slight to one is a slight to us all. This is the solidarity, the oneness of compassion. Martin Luther King Jr. stated that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only the light can do that. And what is our light? You know, we say that. You know, on Facebook, you say all the time, sending light and love, sending light, sending light. (laughs) It's compassion, my friends. It's compassion. It's in that compassion that we open our hearts and our minds to to witness someone else's experience and try to understand and, and to recognize and see how they are just like me. They are just like me. They want to be happy. They want to be well. They want to be safe. They want to be secure, just like me. And so from that awareness and having my heart open to that, that light of compassion then can illuminate my path and help me to move deeper into a bond of oneness with my brothers and sisters and friends. May we widen our circle of compassion and justice until all, how many? All are held in the light of love. You know, we hear it said, and we even say it here, be the change you seek. Right? Have you ever heard that? Of course. It's up to us to be the change. It's up to us to be the light. It's up to us to speak our voice. It is up to us to let our light shine in the darkness when we are moving through a world where people are hurting and suffering because we can. Through our consciousness and our work, it is ours to do. It is ours to to speak up against laws and policies and ideologies that marginalize and oppress. This shows up in so many ways today. I mean, some of it we have been blind to. 
because of our own privilege and biases we have been blind to, but racism and sexism, homophobia and transphobia, xenophobia, ableism, classism, the list goes on. Where there is inequality, where there's inequality, then what we are witnessing, what we're witnessing is not oneness, but an example of where the collective whole is not practicing that oneness and we are witnessing separation. And can we open our hearts enough to be the voice, to be the hands, to widen that circle? to be love and compassion in the face of ignorance, fear, and hate. For our vision is a world that works for everyone. In order for that to be a reality, then who's speaking up for those who don't have the voice to speak, if not us? For those of us who are sitting at the table, where the table, there is room at the table for us, Who's making room for those who do not have a seat at the table if it's not us? Compassion leaves no one behind because it recognizes the worth of every living being and the rights of every being to dignity, to equity, and yes, justice. How do we grow this capacity for courageous compassion? Because it's not easy. Where have, we, where have we been taught to be and act in that way? Who taught us? I'll tell you, if I had my parents as an example, we know I can't say, them, you know, I'm giving them a hard time. They're not a, they can't defend themselves here. Let's just say society. The messages that we receive. Society has oppression systemically. It's systemic. It's only through consciousness and awareness that we can make a new choice, that we can be the change. And, but we have to practice it. We have to practice it. We have to practice widening the circle, like Einstein says. We have to practice snapping ourselves out of the delusion of separateness. We have to practice softening our hearts because there are those whose hearts are not soft. And in order for us to have the courage to extend loving kindness and, and to, to, for care, even to those whose hearts are not open, like I said, it's not always easy. You know, in our Wednesday nights, we've been practicing some compassion cultivation practices, some, some spiritual practices to help us to work with in order to soften our hearts and to be that place. And, and this week, we're going to be exploring one, and I'm sort of making a little pitch. I'm making a shameless plug. There's no shame here. Um, for this Wednesday, we're going to be exploring in this final week of this, this group meeting, um, Tong Glen. Tong Glen, for those of you who are not familiar with the practice, it is a, a spiritual practice that 
will build your empathy and your sense of interconnectedness. And in this Tibetan Buddhist practice, it involves breathing in the suffering of others and transmuting it in our hearts and letting the light that is within us to burn it away and extending in our exhale the light and the love and the care that is here, that's alive in us. We visualize taking in their pain while sending them relief. It uses the breath to transform hardship into hope. But we must remember that compassion is not just, not just sitting in our seats and being comfortable. It's an action. Compassion is a verb. It's a, it, is, it, is, it is of the verb of the noun. It is the verb to the noun of love. There we go. I got it. I got it. As Cleo Wade wrote this, love is a verb. Be the verb. Be the verb. So what are some acts of compassion? And I, I'm just going to suggest some just that we can do that each of us can do right where we're at, starting with little small things. Is there someone in your life that is needing a kind word from you? And it may not even necessarily be from you, but they are just in a place of hurt where they need a word. Let us be the one to speak the word. Acts of compassion that we can take is that we can listen deeply with our hearts to hear others without judgment and, and be curious and interested, seeking to understand and even willing to, to mitigate and to do our part in, in making their burden and their journey maybe just this much easier. Instead of us assuming that somebody needs to do something about it and whoever that is, I hope they show up soon, that compassion can, we can become aware, oh, it's me. Emma Curtis Hopkins talks about that. If you spot it, you got it. If you spot it, it's yours. It's in your consciousness. You're witnessing a world with that as, as, as a, a fact. What are you doing about it? We also can engage in sacred service. So, so I was talking about volunteer, but I want to bring up that volunteer, and I'm ready to talk about sacred service even within our community. You know, I know we, we have many who are engaged and, and, and volunteer at many nonprofits throughout Rhode Island and, and, and doing a lot of volunteer service. But I, I want to, to remind you or just, because sometimes we forget what we've got here. Sometimes we forget what we've got. Not everybody has or knows what we know. Not everybody does. The first time I walked into a center for spiritual living, I walked in so needy, I didn't even know what I needed. Why was that needy? I didn't even know where to start. And while we do not teach people what to believe, we support people in investigating their beliefs and teach them about the power of their belief and how to change their thinking so 
What will change? Their life. Do you know when you've learned something, you can't unlearn it. When you hear something, you can't unhear it. When the rubber band is stretched, it, it doesn't snap back to its original size. And so when people come here, who may be like I was, so needy, they don't even know where to start. And they discover and they hear the principles and teachings that they don't know, that we know. But they learn that. Then they are changed forever. Because learning that you can change your thinking and change your life, you can't go back. It's like learning how to read. You're no longer illiterate. You have power then. And so I'm, I'm talking about sacred service here because I'm holding space for a youth director. That's what I'm knowing. I'm knowing that I'm knowing that in our digital and our audiovisual ministries that there are people that are supporting and sacred service and giving of their time in such a way that supports every person who walks into this place. It may just seem like, you know, oh, it's an hour or two a month in hospitality, you know. Making coffee, that may seem like it's not important, but know that sacred service, giving to help heal people is invaluable. So we can start with the small actions and, and we can gain courage. We talked last week about becoming more courageous and that doesn't mean we don't have the fear, but we, we're a little bolder. We're a little bolder and we step through the fear and our practice of compassion can expand. We can draw a larger circle. We can begin to, when we have more courage, we can lean into those conversations that, that haven't always been easy. We can bring our heart to another to bridge any divides. When we become more courageous in our compassion, we begin to examine our personal biases, our beliefs, our prejudices, and we challenge them. This is compassion. Be part of courageous compassion is us examining and undoing our own internalized racial biases that distort our society. Through compassion, it's in that compassion we can begin to see people as unique individuals as they are rather than seeing stereotypes that we may have been taught Compassion will move us to be engaged. We'll speak up to those who have, have um, the ability to make change. We'll vote. We'll even vote. That's a compassionate act. <laughs> we'll vote to uplift the, those who are vulnerable in our society. We will, when we are courageous in our compassion, even join and take part in movements that champion love, justice, and equality. With courage, our awakened hearts lead the way. Through compassion, we're able to convert that pain actually into purpose. Because there is a lesson in the suffering. 
There is a gift that's available to us. If we allow ourselves to move in there and to be a hand and a voice, there is a gift. There is something that is wanting to be known in that darkness. There is a power that is waiting to be released and revealed, a new way of being that's available. And we've seen this in historical figures like Gandhi. Gandhi, through compassion and taking action, a revolution happened without a gun being taken up. Nelson Mandela, Thich Nhat Hanh, all of them have demonstrated from their own suffering and their own pain, transforming that into purpose. And see, and so if we keep our eyes closed, beloveds, if we keep our eyes closed to what we may see as suffering, then how available are we to the unfoldment of that gift that is waiting to be revealed? A parent loses a child in some violent act, and from their loss and their own pain, they, they start a youth group or they start an organization in order to make sure that that never happens again. You see, we know this. We know that out of suffering, there can good can be can be achieved and realized, but it takes, it takes us. It just doesn't happen accidentally. Every act of compassion matters, no matter how small, no matter how small that flame is on that candle, it will chase away the dark. What if millions of people, what if millions were striking matches and lighting candles? We're acting in compassion towards one another, listening to one another. You know, while hurt people hurt people, healed people help. And so may we show up as healed to the best of our ability. May we help heal the world. The Dalai Lama said this, love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. In a world that's suffering and hurting, survival depends on how fully we are embodying and demonstrating this love. As we close this month, we're called to draw a larger circle, like Einstein said. We're called to draw a larger circle of compassion, to show up in ways that maybe we haven't before. Growth. How many of you know growth is one of our values? <laughs> there are three invitations that, that we are invited to this month. First, there is, a, there is a call for us to see, to open our eyes, to see our shared humanity, to look beyond the differences, to find the common light and to connect with that and act from that so we can dissolve barriers. We're called to share to take this compassion and to take it forward daily in our lives. Remember, a little light goes a long way. Even a small act of compassion makes a difference. A word, a word can make a difference. And finally, there is a call to serve. We are called to allow our hearts to guide our hands into action.
That's how compassion works. However, we are able to transform the suffering and the justice until someone does, there is none. When we open our eyes to see and when we reach out our hands to share and we act from the truth that we know, we will illuminate the world. This is our call to widen the circle, to live with an awakened heart, to love out loud so that we are living out loud. Let us be the love. Let us be the light together. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.